0: Welcome to the teaching ministry at Calvary PSL. Please join lead pastor Mike Wiggins for the message Spiritual Succession. All right, so last week, if you were with us, we saw the Apostle Paul and he was ministering in the city of Ephesus. And so, after the door of the synagogue in Ephesus closed on Paul and his ministry, another door opened the door of a, a lecture hall. a a local lecture hall in Ephesus called the Hall of Tyrannus. And so instead of moping around, this is what I love about Paul. Paul was the eternal optimist. Paul was the half glass full guy. When the door of the synagogue closed, instead of moping around, instead of saying, where's God? Instead of saying, I can't believe another door closed. No, here's what we learned last week. Every time a door closes, what is God faithful to do? Open another door. And so Paul got a closed door. He said, that's all right. And what did he do? He walked through the open door, the open door of the hall of Tyrannus, where he taught the word of God for two years. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul, for two wonderful years, primarily did two things. Number one, he built relationships. And number two, he taught God's word. Okay, and so in the hall of Tyrannus, there in Ephesus, Acts 19, verses 9 and 10, we see two things. We see a social environment, and we see a spiritual environment. And so in that hall, for two years, Paul developed a social environment by building relationships with men and women who actually desired his ministry, men and women who wouldn't close the door and ignore him, but would come and listen to his teaching. But not only that, for two years, he developed a spiritual environment, a spiritual environment that's so important because here's what you need to know. God wants all of us to grow strong in our faith. And the way we do that, one of the ways we do that is we listen to and then we apply the word of God to our lives. All right, so why is the social environment important? The social environment's important because Christians need Christians to help them in their walk with Jesus Christ. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. It's not just, hey, me and Jesus. No, it's Christ who is the head of the church. And we need one another if we're gonna make it to the finish line And here, well done, good and faithful servant. And why is the spiritual environment important? As I just said, because God's desire is that we all would grow strong in our Christian faith. Now, what was the result of all this? What was the result of Paul for two years teaching the word of God in the hall of Tyrannus, developing a social environment and developing a spiritual environment? Well, check this out. Here's the word of God right here, Acts 19. It says that Paul took the disciples with him, all right? So the door was closed to the synagogue. Paul's like, that's okay, I'll just go down the street to this hall of Tyrannus. And so Paul took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Now his name, Tyrannus, is lost to history. We're not sure exactly who this guy was. Some people think he was a Greek um, philosopher and they named the hall after him. Others think that he was a Greek uh, philosophy teacher. By the way, his name, Tyrannus, means the tyrant. And so maybe he was a real harsh teacher and that's why he got that name, I don't know. But anyway, they went to the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Now look at this, three lines down. This went on, Paul here, in this hall, this went on for how many years? Two years, years. now look at this, so that all, now can can you guys say all? All. This is is crazy, mind-blowing stuff right here. So that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia, by the way, that's a big province, you know what we call it today? Turkey. <laughs> all right, so all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia, not necessarily accepted Christ, but at least heard the word of the Lord. Now, I only have one thing to say about this, and that is, wow! This is crazy. During the time that Paul taught the disciples in the hall of Tyrannus, here's what we know, we, we know that the disciples that were sitting, like you're sitting right now, listening to Paul teach, they did not just sit around and do nothing. They didn't go to the lecture hall and enjoy the social environment and enjoy the spiritual interaction and then, you know, walk away unchanged. No, here's what they did they learned from the Apostle Paul. And then they took what they learned from the Apostle Paul about Christ and about Christ's teachings and they went out and they shared it with all, can you guys say all? With all the Jews and Greeks in the province of Asia. Modern day western Turkey. Do you know what this looks like on a map? Check it out. If right now toward the bottom left uh, side of your screen, if you see the city Ephesus, please say amen. amen. Okay, so that's where the hall of Tyrannus was. This is where Paul was lecturing for two years. And what happened? Paul shared the word of God with disciples in that city of Ephesus, and then they went out to other cities, and they taught others. And we believe this was the impetus for many churches to be planted in Colossae, in Aeropolis, and if you know Revelation 2 and 3, for the famous seven churches of Revelation 2 and 3, which is... The cities of Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. How many of you guys have read Revelation 2 and 3? You remember the seven letters to the seven churches? How did those churches start? Because of the influence of the disciples who sat for two years under the teaching of Paul in Ephesus in the hall of Tyrannus. And so... As far as we know, ladies and gentlemen, Paul did not leave Ephesus to plant churches in all those cities. He didn't have to. Paul believed in a principle in Ephesians 4.12. The reason I know he believed in this principle is because he wrote it. Paul says that God has given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Who are the saints? Are saints dead people that hundreds of years later the church decides to vote and make them a saint? Is that what a saint is in the New Testament? Not at all, that's not nowhere found in the Bible. No, who are the saints? The saints are you, you guys. The moment that you turn from your sins and turn to Christ alone as your Savior and Lord, the New Testament calls you A saint. Okay, so listen to the principle again. God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers so that they could do all the work of ministry? So the pastors could do all the work of ministry? No, no, he gave those leaders of the church for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Paul did not leave Ephesus and go and plant churches in those other cities because he didn't have to. The saints did the work for him. The guys, the women in the hall of Tyrannus. If this is making sense to you, please say amen here. Okay, and so this wonderful story in Acts 19, 9 and 10 is all about spiritual Succession. And what does that look like in our passage? Here it is. Paul taught the disciples in the hall of Tyrannus. The disciples taught many in Asia Minor and churches started and more people were reached for Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, now it's making sense. Now I understand how Christianity spread so rapidly throughout the Roman Empire in the first century, not because one guy did all the work by himself, i.e. the Apostle Paul, no. It was a joint effort, it was a team effort of disciples making disciples. And we see that principle throughout the New Testament over and over and over again. Check out what Paul wrote to the young protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. This is the classic verse, by the way, on what I'm talking about here today, disciples making disciples. Here it is. Paul to Timothy. He says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me In the presence of many witnesses, here it is, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Paul calls Timothy my child. Why? Because most scholars believe that Paul led young Timothy to the Lord. And so here we have Timothy. Paul is instrumental by the Holy Spirit to be a witness of Christ in his life. Paul hears the gospel, I mean, sorry, Timothy hears the gospel, and what does Timothy do? Timothy responds. He turns from his sins. He puts his faith in Jesus Christ, and at that moment, Timothy is born again. He's born spiritually. His faith starts at that point, and so Paul becomes kind of a spiritual father to Timothy. And because Paul wanted the best for his son in the faith, he told his son in the faith to do two things. The first thing Paul told Timothy to do was keep growing strong in the faith. Look at it. You then, my child. And by, by the way, I just got to stop right here, real quick, because there's some of you here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're not a child of God. You're a child of God in respect to the fact that God created you and the fact that God created all human beings. So we're all sons and daughters of God in the creative sense, but you're not a child of God as far as spiritual things are concerned. And you won't be a child of God until you make a decision to turn from your sins and turn to Jesus Christ alone as your savior and Lord. Because here's what you need to know, that Jesus Christ alone, no other religious leader, no other religious guru in the human history, no, 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 Jesus, Christ alone hung on a cross and paid for your sins. Jesus Christ alone suffered for your sins. Jesus Christ alone absorbed the wrath of God that you and I should have received in hell forever. He did that. He's our hero. And he proved that it took because three days later, he came marching out of the grave victorious over sin, death, and hell. And so, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man or woman comes to the Father but through him. And you will not become a child of God until you make that choice to turn from your sins and turn to Christ alone. Turn to Christ. I don't know who I'm talking about or talking to this morning, but, you, but hear, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, please, in your heart. Turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus because here's what's gonna happen. If you take your last breath and you're still in your sins, you're gonna wake up in hell. And there's no reason for it because Jesus experienced hell in your place on the cross. Timothy came to Christ. Timothy was born again. Paul is his spiritual father. Paul wants the best for his spiritual son in the faith. And he tells him to do two things. The first thing he tells him to do is I want you to grow strong in your faith, Timothy. He says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Timothy, Paul would say, Son, you got to keep growing in the faith. Son, you got to keep maturing in the Christian faith. You got to get stronger in Christ. You got to get stronger in His grace. That's the first thing he tells Timothy to do. The second thing he tells Timothy to do is, Timothy, I want you to take what you've learned from me and I want you to teach others who can teach others, who can teach others, who can teach others, right? Check it out, second line, halfway across. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, what's true in the physical realm is true in the spiritual realm. We see this principle in the physical realm. Here's what happens. It's very basic. You all know this. A child is born. Now, moms and dads, parents who are here, when you had your little baby, did you leave your little baby on the street somewhere to fend for him or herself? Is that what you did? What did you do? You took your baby home and you made sure that your child was very well taken care of. And you nurtured your child, and you fed your child, and you parented your child. And what's true in the physical realm is true in the spiritual realm, but let me finish the physical realm. So a child is born, right? And then what happens to that child? That child grows up. And then after that child grows up, that child is now a man or a woman, they get married, and they reproduce. And then what do you have? You have more children who are born And those children grow up, and they get married, and they reproduce, and then what happens? Another child is born, and that child grows up. You guys are following me right now, right? (laughs) I don't need to keep saying this over and over. What's true in the physical realm needs to be true in the spiritual realm. And so what's the spiritual succession that we see between Paul and Timothy? Here it is, Paul, first of all, he led Timothy to the Lord, but Paul, taught Timothy. Timothy taught faithful people, and faithful people taught others. Oh, now I get it. Now I know why Christianity spread so rapidly in the first century throughout the Roman Empire. Not because one guy did all the work by himself, no. It was a team effort of disciples making disciples. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know why the Christian church spread so rapidly in the first century in the Roman Empire? Because of this principle right here. And do you know why the the church in America is shrinking and the church in America is dying? Here's why. Because we have decided we're going to come into churches where we can get a motivational speech about us and we're the center of the universe and we walk out feeling good about ourselves and there is no spiritual succession. Therefore, the church shrinks and God weeps. It's time for a change. It's time to get back to the Bible. It's time again to start following Jesus Christ and grow strong in our faith again so that we can start teaching others. This is true New Testament Christianity. And not everything you see on TV even comes close to true New Testament Christianity. It's time to wake up. It's time to be discerning. It's time to understand what's real and what's false. And so we see the same spiritual succession and very inspirational story that I taught on before the holidays. And that's the story of Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. Do you guys remember that story back in, I guess, early December that I shared with you? As we went verse by verse through Acts chapter 18. And so what we saw is Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple who loved the Lord with all their hearts. And they went and they heard a guy named Apollos preach. And Apollos was something else. He was from North Africa, Alexandria. He was taught well. He was passionate. He was polished. He was eloquent. And no doubt as Priscilla and Aquila, this awesome married couple who loved the Lord, as they listened to Apollos preach, they were inspired But there was a problem. The problem was that Apollos' message was incomplete. The problem was that Apollos needed to learn more about the Christian faith. And so what did the Lord do? Did he send Apollos an evangelist or a pastor or somebody like that? No. He sent Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple in the church who look a lot like you guys. He sent Priscilla and Aquila to Apollos in order to disciple Apollos. Now, let me ask you this question. Stay with me. Why was Priscilla and Aquila able to disciple the preacher Apollos? Here's why. Because Paul poured himself into Priscilla and Aquila for a year and a half in Corinth. The reason Priscilla and Aquila, a married couple who looks a lot like you, The reason that they were able to take Apollos under their wing and 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 disciple him and help him to grow stronger in the Christian faith is because Paul taught them for a year and a half in the city of Corinth. And Priscilla and Aquila got grounded in a faith and they were able to disciple other people. What does the spiritual succession look like in that story? Here it is. Paul taught Priscilla and Aquila Priscilla and Aquila taught Apollos. And that's a good thing because Apollos then got on a boat, crossed the Aegean Sea, went over to Greece, and Apollos taught the Corinthians. Oh, now I get it. Now I know how Christianity spread so rapidly throughout the Roman Empire in the first century. Here's why. Not because one guy did all the work himself. No. It was a team Effort of disciples making disciples. Here's the point I want to really draw out to you guys, you men and women, those of you watching on Facebook Live, those who are gonna listen to the podcast later. Here's the point I really wanna draw out. So right now, if you're with me, say amen. Amen. What I wanna draw out from these three stories of the disciples in the hall of Tyrannus, Timothy and Priscilla and Aquila is this. The disciples in the hall of Tyrannus were not content to just hear the teaching of Paul and do nothing. No, no, no. They heard the teaching of Paul from the word of God and they grew strong in their faith to the point where they were able to go out and disciple others. And what we see is the whole Western Turkey area of the world. hears the word of the Lord Jesus. Timothy was not content to just hear the teaching of Paul and then do nothing. No, he grew strong in his faith to the point where he was able to entrust to faithful men what he had learned so that they could share it with others. Priscilla and Aquila were not content to just hear the teaching of Paul and then do nothing. No, they heard the teaching of Paul and then they grew strong in their faith where A married couple, just an average couple, looks a lot like you guys, was able to take a young man named Apollos under their wing and disciple him who could go out and disciple other people. Here's my question. Are you content to just keep coming back to Calvary weekend after weekend and hearing myself or one of the other pastors preach and then do nothing? Or are you willing to grow strong in your faith to the place where God could use you to start impacting, teaching, and discipling others. You say, Pastor, that's the job for you. That's why we tithe, so you'll do all that work, so we can just sit in the row and watch you perform every weekend. No, 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 Ephesians 4.12 says, God gives churches, people like me, and Pastor Will, and Pastor Mike, and Pastor Matt, And Pastor Andrew and Aaron and others, he gives us for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Now we're talking about New Testament Christianity. Wow, it's quiet in here. (laughs) I wonder, do you have a passion in your heart to grow strong in your faith? I wonder do you really have a desire in 2020 to so get into the word of God and so commit to prayer and so commit to other spiritual disciplines where you in 2020 grow stronger than you've ever grown in your faith before. I wonder if that's really a desire in your heart or I'm wondering if you're just content to just come sit in a row and check some kind of religious box that you went and heard another sermon. That's not Christianity. And I wonder, do you really have the desire to impact others? Because here's what I know. What I know is that we've got to disciple other people. This is where life groups come in, okay? So just like the Hall of Tyrannus, here's what our life groups in this local church provide. They provide a social environment and they provide a spiritual environment. And so in life groups, relationships are built in a social environment, and here's why. Because how many of you guys know that we as Christians need other Christians to help us in our walk with Jesus Christ? If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. We need one another. We provide a social environment during the week. And then, life groups provide a spiritual environment where the word of God is shared, and that's important because God wants all of us, as I've said over and over, to keep growing strong in our faith. But it cannot stop there. Ladies and gentlemen, please hear this. Your spiritual growth is not the final step. Your spiritual growth is not the final step. As you grow spiritually, there's gotta be a time when you step out. As you continue to grow spiritually, there's gotta be a time when you, like the disciples at the hall of Tyrannus, like Timothy, like Priscilla and Aquila, where you step out and you start discipling others. Where you decide, I'm not just gonna be in a group, I'm gonna start a group. Some of you, listen, you've been going to church for years. You've been having your devotions for years. You have so much as far as Christian knowledge and life experience. What are you doing just sitting in a row every week? It's time to start investing in others. You say, Pastor, you don't understand my schedule. I'm so busy. If we're too busy to serve Jesus Christ, if we're gonna put Jesus and his ministry on the back burner, there's really something wrong with our hearts. It's time to put Christ first. It's time to put Christ's kingdom first in 2020. Now here's what I know. Some of you would say, Pastor, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I got to keep growing spiritually. And I would say, I respect that. I applaud that. I'm so grateful that you actually have that desire. So join a group, join a group and keep growing spiritually. Cause how many of you know, a, a 40 minute message on the weekend is not enough in our Christian experience. We need so much more than that. Join a group during the week. And some of, some of you would say, you know, pastor, I think God's knocking on my door. I think it's ready for me to start investing in others and discipling others. And what I would say is great. See, Pastor Mike Lawrence, let him know that you'd like to be considered to either lead or co-lead a group. And here's what really gets me excited as a pastor. Some of you, God's got a call in your life and he wants you in the future to leave this church, go to another city and plant another church. You know what I really wanna see? Because we've sent out probably a handful of men in 15 and a half years to go to other cities and plant churches. But you you know what? To me, that doesn't even scratch the surface of what a New Testament church should be doing. As long as I'm the pastor here and the Lord tarries and I keep teaching and preaching and, and we see this church impacting this community and growing, that's great. But man, I wanna send out a lot of couples to go to other cities and plant churches. And guess what? It may be you as you continue to grow. To join a Calvary group, visit calvarypsl.com groups.